0: All right, everyone. How are you? Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of our podcast. It's called Is Breakfast Included? Thanks for stopping by. I hope everyone had a great Halloween. Did you give out candy? Did you get some candy? Dress up? You go to a party? Yeah, I didn't. On the show this week, we sit down with Vicky Warwick. Vicky is a bass player based out of Los Angeles, She's a touring bass player, a session bass player, and she also has a podcast coming out. We caught up with her. We talked about her career, what brought her to Los Angeles. We talked a little bit about the podcast and her likes and dislikes about touring. Well, We also found out what she likes for breakfast. It was a great conversation. Let's check it out. Tell everyone who you are and what you do.
1: My name is Vicki Warwick, and I am a bass player I, 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 tend, I, t- I tend to tour, um, and I play, yeah, bass, synth bass, a bit of backing vocals uh, and yeah, I've been doing that for, oof, yeah, a few years as yeah.
0: <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, no pun intended. Where are you based out of?
1: <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I'm from the UK, but I'm based out of Los Angeles in California.
0: How long have you been in Los Angeles?
1: So I moved to LA in 2019. I um, came to America first to New York. Mm-hmm. I loved New York. Had a romantic idea about about moving uh, to, to New York, and and it was great. I loved it. Um, and started feeling more of a pull towards the industry in Los Angeles, though a bit bit more touring stuff coming out of here, more pop gigs and. Had a lot of friends who were in New York that that then moved out to Los Angeles. So yeah, it seems it it's it's
0: I've I've noticed in the industry the the folks who move out to L.A. get pulled to New York, and then vice versa.
1: That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I had met a, an Australian girl when I was in L.A. years ago as well, but when I was just touring out here and she she had lived in both and she said if if you want to live in both cities I recommend New York first and then yeah. LA because I think sure. it's probably quite hard to lose the sunshine you know and <laughs> I think New York has a hustle that's kind of good to yeah. get used to you know and then bring that that energy to LA
0: Yeah, I've noticed that every everyone's in a hurry in New York and I'm like where are they going
1: <laughs> it's just it's just the pace of the city right it's like it's like driving out in LA. Like if you drive slow, I guess that's, that's, that's the only place where people are uh, more fast paced in LA is, is is on the highways. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think obviously coming from London, New York was like an, an easier fit for me in that sense. Yeah. I could yeah. run around, walk, walk wherever I wanted take the subway. And yeah, yeah, it was great. It was an easy transition for me. Right on. Um, I'm going to back up a minute. Where are you originally from in England? So I um grew up in Cambridgeshire in a in a you know decently sized town. Um and yeah, but my, my family's from London and I moved to London when I was eighteen. So yeah, London was always a, a fun place for me to to be running around. Yeah. When did you start playing music? I I was I always, you know, dabbled a little bit. I have an uncle who who you know likes to do music as a hobby and would always pass on his you know keyboards to me and and things like that so I I always had an interest and but I felt like I never like found my instrument um, until I was 12 and I started playing bass I had a friend who had a very musical family and she had like um, she lives in this old house and it's, uh, they have like a barn conversion, which is their like band room. And uh-huh. so she would just have us over and she would get on drums. And, you know, it's that, it was kind of that classic. The bass was, was the thing that was, that was left. And I thought it was great. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I loved that I could get a sound out of it immediately, thump, thump around in it, you know, using, using my thumb and, and start playing a bit of a, a song.
0: Yeah. I think I think a lot of people who don't who don't play bass, not musicians, non-musicians, they they don't realize that the, the, the bass is not only a an instrument that, that 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 plays with the drums, you feel the bass. Like yeah. even without an amp, you can feel it. Did Definitely, you like yeah. that part of it?
1: I did, yeah. I think I just liked how accessible it was. And I I I preached this for wannabe musicians now. I feel like, you know, picking up the drums and the guitar is like a bit of a steeper learning curve getting into it but you know i always joke that you can learn bass in a day you know <laughs> it's 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 accessible you can you can yeah get something out of it very quickly and yeah and, and just feel you know you get that in, instant gratification which which eggs you on to to keep going you know yeah it's not as intimidating is it no exactly exactly Plus
0: you can swing it around and not worry you know and it's almost like a very well-built car as opposed to a fancy
1: yeah exactly you yeah you don't have to be as like maybe intricate as you would like on guitar or something you could right. yeah like you said bump around in it and make a sound right on and so that how old were you when you started playing bass I'm sorry 12
0: 12 yeah and that was it you were and that so was old. it
1: I thought it was the coolest thing in the world and yeah so then my friend's dad would would come in and you know teach us and and he he would you know teach me a little bit on bass um I remember learning things like Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd and Paranoid by Ozzy Osbourne and they had a big tv set up in the in the barn and I remember yeah just him putting on you know like a live concert of of Black Sabbath or Ozzy and yeah just being completely in awe of it so
0: your first, your first introduction to playing bass was m- more heavy rock.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, but it was also pop as well. I remember one of the other first songs I learned to play was "Can't Get You Out of My Head" by Kylie Minogue, um, which at the time I thought was quite easy. Maybe I was playing it wrong, but I've since tried to teach it to beginners, <laughs> and it's this, it's just it's just a couple of notes, but it's all on the offbeats and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was it was heavy rock, but it was also Kylie Minogue as well.
0: What do you lean more towards now?
1: I think now, um, I mean, obviously as a as a you know session musician, as we would say in the UK, a touring musician, you know, gone for higher. Um, I like to play lots of lots of genres, but I think I I love I do love playing some R and B and soul singer songwriter kind of style things as well. I, I play with an artist called Matt Maltese who has really great, great bass lines on his records. So that's really fun to play live. Um and I love pop as well. And I love I love rock and indie. I really I I yeah I love
0: you just love to play. Of,
1: yeah, I just love to play.
0: As a as a session player, um is that a world of uh it's feast or famine? Like you're either Book to the to the gills or there's nothing and are you afraid to like say no to the phone call because if you say no they may not call you the next time
1: (laughs) i think that's always the um piece of advice people dish out isn't it is that say yes to everything
0: yeah
1: um but yeah feast or famine does does feel like a theme that that most of us experience you know um And maybe that it's, it's not when it feels like famine, actually it's not that bad. It's just the open-endedness of it. Right. Yeah. If you haven't got a gig booked, booked in, it's that, oh my God. Oh my God. You know, it's, it's so funny how we, some of us, yeah. That panic sets in after tour, um, if there's a sense of famine, but I think things always come through and, but yeah, but there is a lot of times when it, when it is feast and things are absolutely insane. <laughs> I know last year was it was a bit like that for me. It was obviously wonderful after the pandemic. But yeah, things get crazy.
0: Yeah. I can relate. I'm on the back side of, of touring. I'm 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 a technician, but you do. You you feel the tour is coming to an end and you haven't heard anything from your feelers that you put out and and nothing's really happening. So you just gotta have that faith that something will happen and then everything comes at you
1: yeah and and then you're like well what I want to take all of it but I can't it's a difficult thing isn't it I remember asking that to a guitar player I was working with in London when I when I was doing my first you know professional gigs and he just seemed to be on on so, so with so many different artists I'm like how do you how do you make this all align and um I don't know he just said it seemed to just work itself out most of the time but but yeah it is crazy i guess with crew do you find it easier to hop hop on and off different gigs because obviously with musicians it's like you know having to do rehearsals and the whole thing i i i meet a lot of guys um there's a lot of cats in
0: our industry that that will hop on and off tours during a tour and they're so in demand that they'll they'll be able to leave one tour and go do this and then come back and i find it because I'm, I'm extremely um, the 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 word I'm looking for escapes me. But I I find it hard to meet new people, and then mesh well with them, and then come back. So it, it you know I I anything that falls in my lap is I feel it's the universe saying this is your gig now take it. Yeah. So I don't I can't hop in on and off of a bunch of gigs. I've I've been with the same one for 13 years, and then I was. Asked to sub for another long-term gig and then another one. And then now I've ended up where I am and it feels like I belong here. And yeah. at the same time, your insides are shattering because you're so nervous about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a big gear change, isn't it? To, to go from camp to camp. And it is this lovely feeling when you find a group of people that you feel really comfortable with.
0: Yeah. Because I and think, you of- know, when you walk in, you know, like, I can yeah these are my people or yeah I'm not going to be here long
1: yeah yeah finding your people is really you know I I have talked with a lot of people about the kind of trifecta of choosing a gig right the 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 music the money and the hang like <laughs> do, you, do you like the music is is the money all right is it good um and the hang are the, are the people good and Obviously, you know, ideally, you have two of those things and if you if you get three of those things working really well, that's wonderful. But yeah, for me, more recently, I think it's that the hang is is the most important. Thing. it is right? Yeah, I think if I'm that's it, you could it could be you you know one of your favorite artists, but if for whatever reason the vibe, the vibe isn't happening, you know you're you're with these people all the time. So if, if for whatever reason you're not feeling super comfy, like you said, if your insides are feeling, you know, twisted and, and you, yeah, you don't feel like you're in the right place, then yeah, that's, that's a hard environment to be in for an yeah. extended period of time.
0: I agree. I agree. I tell my, my partner, Lisa, who, who couldn't be with us today. She's normally on the call with us, uh, all the time. Like I'm not a great tech. I'm a great hang. Like I do know that about myself, <laughs> but I do also know I always say like my hang supersedes my tech skills, and
1: for you to choose what gigs you want to go on, but yeah, the same thing for people to choose to hire you, that's it like they they could have the best tech in the world, but if they're not if they're not a great hang, then that's not what they would want, yeah,
0: yeah that's that's how I feel about everything. The hang <laughs> is to me like like yourself it's it used to be the money. It used, you know, when I first started this, it was the money. Um, and then I realized, well, the money is always going to come. But, you know, 99% of this gig is living with strangers who later become either family or just strangers again. And, yeah. and want them to become families. So the hang is the most important to me. Yeah, it's uh, a
1: really interesting thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Were were you touring before you left London, or did you start touring when you came to the US?
1: Yeah, I was touring in London, and that's essentially what what brought me to the US is that I was touring with an artist called Charlie XCX, and she was doing a decent amount of of US tours. So, so I came out here with her and was having a great time. You know, I think coming coming from England over to America to do a tour. You know, or anywhere—Europe, Australia, wherever it is—is um, is really exciting. But yeah, something about America. Like I said, I loved—I loved New York, so that was that was always exciting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, so 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 I came out here with her a lot, and then discovered, you know, through other musicians I was meeting in the U.S. who weren't from the U.S. that you could apply for your own artist visa. And, and then I was did taught- you do a lot of networking? once you started coming over here? Yeah, I think obviously, I say obviously, but because people always ask me, how do you you find gigs? But it is through people you know, right? It is through networking. And so it's funny, the kind of networking thing in the UK, I think certainly when I was at music school, the importance of it wasn't really taught to us mm-hmm. and it almost became a bit of a dirty word when I was in college <laughs> which is just so silly to think about now and the way people go about it in the US is, is very different but but yeah it's, so it's just it's it's kind of funny to, to think about you know networking I think I always just looked at it as as meeting people and seeing what kind of gigs were around
0: yeah yeah does it make you feel good when you get that phone call and and it's like you know maybe somebody that you admired somebody that who's playing or whose work ethic you admire, and they've given them your name like this is your this is your person right here. Does that make you feel good?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I think that's always a wonderful thing with the Charlie gig. I think a lot of people had put my name forward for that, which was a really nice feeling to to hear from them like oh yeah we've we've had your. Names thrown in the hat more than once, and and yeah, that's that is a wonderful feeling. Obviously, you want to to have that reputation,
0: yeah, because it's a lot of trust in the person referring you.
1: Yes, it's a lot yeah.
0: of that. That means they know you personally, that you're you, the hang, they trust your abilities, that you can do the gig, and they know you won't screw them over. Like you know, you're not yeah. going to go and embarrass them. So I mean I feel the same way when I get referred immediately I start thinking like, okay, I'm not good enough for this gig. Why did you even put me up for this gig? Why'd you give them my number? And then all that goes away. And I'm like, okay, you know, don't embarrass them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you have to you have to trust that they put you forward because they think you're right for the job, right? And yeah, if I refer people, I feel the same. You know, I want to make sure that that it's it's a good referral, but that's what this industry is based on right Re- referrals
0: yeah even I think that's what the whole work industry everyone got their job because someone put their name up for it
1: yeah you know, I don't exactly. think
0: and that it, it happens even in the entertainment industry
1: yeah, yeah for sure I mean that's it people always ask me oh do you how do you get your gigs Are you do you have an agent or just word of mouth and referrals and meeting people Networking so you, you do anyway.
0: all your own negotiating when you get the gig, and
1: yeah, exactly. That's it. There's not maybe some people do, but I I don't think many instrumentalists I know have you know a manager or anybody that does that for them. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're on your own. So so yeah, you have to you have to hustle and get out there. And yeah, are you still learning as a
0: as a high hey, you're hired gun,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
0: But are you still learning as a uh, as an independent artist that okay i i agreed to all these terms and i didn't know about this so the next gig that'll come up
1: first. oh you... always yeah if you're a musician starting out not knowing things about okay well what are the what are the per diems and <laughs> am i sharing a hotel room and and all these things that do just make the difference of if you're going to have a nice time on tour or not or if things are going to feel a bit more stressful you know and that's a
0: big one the hotel room like I've taken less money just to have my own room on days because yeah. it's a it's that's that's a big deal. You don't want to that's your space.
1: Yeah, it's important. Like, and I and I get it. Touring is expensive, and for artists, I I can't imagine the anxiety of of seeing how much money you have to put up front to go and do it. Obviously, it's worth it for them, but you know, the mental health of your touring party being in a good place is is important and especially if it's a long tour, right? Having your own space is pretty, pretty key.
0: Yeah, because you see these people day in, day out, and whether, even though you love these people and you love being around them, you know, some days you just need that day to yourself.
1: Yeah, and yeah, just to have a bit more bit more privacy, right? You know, right. you want to be able to go to the restroom when you want <laughs> and <laughs> simple things, right? Um, So yeah, stuff like that is all things to consider when taking a gig right so yeah yeah yeah, certainly learned a lot of that stuff along the way I'm always learning um and especially yeah coming from the UK to America just learning how people do things a little bit differently how people email I always kind of joke just the differences between how people converse over emails in the UK and the US you know like in the UK it's it's people sign off with kisses you know it's, it's all very informal <laughs> um you know at the beginning I feel like was asking probably a lot of questions to tour to managers or management you know just because you know which isn't maybe necessarily a bad thing obviously when I was starting out you know I thought preparation is key you know knowing knowing this that and the other asking oh well maybe you want to do this song maybe you want to do that song or you know just covering myself for every every eventuality and then kind of realizing okay well these people don't want to be bombarded with questions just just prepare it yourself and then if it comes up you're good you know if yeah. there's something you really need to know obviously ask but you know any question obviously for the tour manager the joke is always or have you read the day sheet? Yeah. So yeah, make sure you read you checked all check the day sheet, check master tour for for any answers first. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all that stuff is comes yeah. with experience, obviously. What what's your favorite part of touring? Gosh, my favorite part of touring. Obviously, traveling is such a wonderful part of touring. Yeah, getting getting to see all corners of the world, places I never thought I would I would go. it's it's just fabulous and I always try and make the most of it you know if if we have a morning free you know get out and and see some things I really do love the I mean the the obvious thing is is getting on stage and and doing the gigs right it it just feels very life-affirming every time I'm on stage you know looking out I, I know that it's exactly where I want to be yeah that's a wonderful feeling because you know not everybody gets to gets gets to do that and and so i I fully appreciate it and but for me recently i think it has been the sort of camaraderie of of being in a touring family i really love it's a really strange and special thing that you get to be surrounded by all these people and you don't know them and then you live with them and then, yeah, hopefully you can create some long-lasting friendships out
0: yeah. of it. I agree. I agree. I I tell people when 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 they ask me, um, and I've been doing this for a while, but the best way I can explain it that someone can understand is th- there's a movie called Almost Famous, and the scene, the bus scene where they're singing Tiny Dancer, I was like, that's that's the that, that's Tori into me, you yeah. know. Because you can hate each other, and then one moment will change everything, and you're all laughing. You know, you're not necessarily singing, but that, to me, is what I tell them. Like that—that's what I love most about touring. Exactly, the camaraderie. You go in as strangers, and you come out as family.
1: Yeah, it's just this weird bubble you're in, right? but it's really enjoyable to to be in that bubble and all the just every tour i feel like there's certain things I, I think it's really interesting just look at like humans and and what you what happens if you put them together in a group for a while you know you all start saying there's like a, a you know inside jokes uh you know certain i i remember on the charlie tour like yeah just the nicknames would just get ridiculous you know um and if anybody else outside your circle heard all, all the silly jokes and things you're calling each other,
0: they would just think you're totally mad. But And it's totally irritating to them too. Oh god, I bet it's
1: you know. so insufferable, isn't it? <laughs> but when you're when you're in that, yeah it's this great sense of belonging and and it's really fun.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you uh have you met any of your heroes?
1: Yes, when we played, um, MTV European music awards in Scotland. One of my favorite bands growing up, a band called Biffy Clyro from Scotland were there. And I can't remember how, it, how it came about. I think we were just, we were just backstage and, and they were there. And I went up and asked for a photo and our front of house engineer was also a huge fan. And he was literally like crying meeting them. He was like, <laughs> absolutely losing it and yeah they were they were cool it was it was really nice to meet them it's a funny thing i almost don't want to meet my heroes because it's that fear that they won't live up to the expectations right but um, yeah it was it was cool to meet them it was you know they were they were chill guys it wasn't like you know we we spent the night together and became best friends and, no. and that but, but it was really really cool to yeah just to just to meet them and. Say
0: how
1: much of a fan I was. Have yeah. you met
0: any of your heroes? I've met. I I've I've been the, the universe has been good to me. I've been, I've had the fortune of uh, the pleasure of meeting a lot of them, and for the most part, ninety nine percent of them were very uh, human. But you know, growing up as a kid, you know, you saw these guys on the the cassette covers and the magazine pictures and. And now I'm in a position where they'll come in, and they'll say, "Oh, do you mind if I stand here?" Of course, I don't mind if you stand here, yeah. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Or when they introduce yeah. themselves to you, and you're like, "Oh, okay, well, I'm I'm Bernie," but in your head is like, "I know who you are." <laughs>
1: yeah. Of course. But it's it's nice when they don't assume you know, right? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's 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 really
0: cool. I mean, yeah. So I, I've I've gotten to meet a few of them, a lot of them, and and. Whenever I'm having a bad day on tour, I think about how bad really is it. You oh, know, God. Oh, we God. get to like I like you said earlier, you you get to see the world on someone else's dime, really, yeah. and and you get to play your bass. I get to play with guitars all day. Um, I get to hang out with my friends.
1: But no, obviously, yeah, what we do do on tour it, it is incredible, and obviously, since the pandemic, it's it's this real sense of gratitude right it is it is right it's a little yeah. more special yeah that's it if there's if there's a day where whatever you're annoyed by i feel like with the problems on tour at least that i've faced have always they're just more inconveniences aren't they you know hopefully yeah. they yeah. aren't huge problems but yeah you just have to gain a bit of perspective and and think well yeah i can't be that sad this is this is yeah. great i'm i'm playing the bass you know yeah um i will say on the, on the topic of heroes i did um one time i, I did get quite starstruck was i was doing a gig we were opening for steve tyler and um you know just walked past him in the venue and i just was not expecting to see him and he just kind of you know is coming towards me in the corridor and he he just locks his eyes on me and is just like Hi, you know, just this fabulous Steve Wayne. It's just like, oh my gosh, hi. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a fun moment. Yeah,
0: he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room, doesn't he? Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just sashaying through, looking fabulous. It was just, yeah, that's it. Like he said, sometimes you meet people and they do, they seem very human, but sometimes you you meet people and yeah, they are just as fabulous as you hope they're going to be. Yeah
0: yeah and he's one of them that you want you want to see the human side of him, but at the same time you want the guy with all the scarves yeah, so um, you record under the name ainsley
1: i I have yeah i have released I've released some music uh in the past under the name Ainsley yeah, it's been on a bit of a bit of a pause at the moment when uh-huh. I figure out what what music I might like to release in the future this last year's just been so busy with touring that hard to uh make time for fun personal projects
0: do you plan on releasing more quote-unquote solo stuff or personal projects
1: i think if i do it might be under a different name it might be kind of different different style of music ainsley was you know my kind of pop outlet and i think i might do something a little bit more alternative now um but the thing i've been been working on is uh as Paris told you, uh, our mutual friend, I've been working on doing a doing a podcast as well. So, so yeah, I'm I was really really excited to learn about your podcast. I also um have been planning on doing a podcast about touring, and it's called "Where Are We Again." um It's funny we both chose questions that, <laughs> that we asked ask every day or a lot, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah that sense of just where where are we again you just forget for a for a second what city country you're in and it's so funny when I'm on the road I I now see like at the front of the stage or on the steps to the stage there's always like a bit of duct tape on the floor with
0: the The city city written
1: on it and I'm like oh my god (laughs) cool it's not just me like literally everybody is totally
0: orientated and it's the three questions the where are we again is breakfast included, and what day is
1: it? What day is it?
0: <laughs> oh, and what's
1: the Wi-Fi code? <laughs> yeah, what's the Wi-Fi password? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. If then, if if another person is looking to do a podcast, you can have those two. Yeah, other yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh so your podcast is going to circle uh, around being on tour.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, like you, I find it very, very interesting, and um, I think, and initially, I. I thought about doing it because initially I, I really wanted to do more music journalism and I wanted to write articles for, for music magazines uh, and I started writing for bass magazines. So, but to, you know, kind of build a bit of a portfolio, I, um, I was interviewing people, writing them up and putting them on my website, com. And um, it was really, really fun. I, lo- I love doing it. I, lo- I still love interviewing people and, And writing those interviews up but I realized that when you interview musicians you you lose so much of musicians don't necessarily speak in the most if if you're trying to um write that down it doesn't quite translate sometimes like musicians talk in with so much expression and and I, I realized it was getting lost a little bit so I thought doing a podcast would be really fun like getting getting to hear people's stories the tone of their voice their level of excitement um and so I thought yeah maybe this should actually my interview should should be a podcast so so yeah um so that's that's been my my focus at the moment is trying to get that ready to to get out to the world so
0: right on well I can't uh, wait to I can't wait to hear it or will it be on YouTube as well will it be video or just audio
1: I'm I'm figuring that out the interviews I've done at the moment have been just audio but um, do you put yours on YouTube
0: I don't these are mainly just audio yeah and like you I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do I had had these ideas of capturing footage on tour and putting it on YouTube and I didn't know how to, everything I did was lack of confidence. I'm I'm going to do this and then I wouldn't because like I think, well, because putting yourself out there is, is, you know, you're setting yourself up, especially these days to be criticized and laughed at. And so I constantly think people are laughing at me. And it wasn't until the pandemic that I thought, well, we're all on the same playing field now everyone yeah not only me but huge television stars are on the same yeah you know and 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 that's why I started it and then I thought well who do I know I know a lot of independent musicians I know a lot of artists I know a lot of people tattoo artists and, and so forth and yeah. then once we started touring again it opened up a little more like hey I can do cruise now and we can talk about what's going on you know how they yeah. got into this and so I find it a really good outlet for, for, for me, you know, I hope you do too. I hope you yeah. find, find what it does for me Thank you. because yeah. uh, it is, it's fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll certainly be uh, coming to you for, for any advice. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's it. It's just fun, isn't it? And we have this unfair advantage of, of being connected with all these wonderful people. And I just think, I just think it's so interesting. Yeah, I really want to interview like a pyrotechnic or, or I went to see Pink last week and she, um, is on wires and is like flying and trapezing around the, the stadium. And I just thought it was incredible. I'm just always interested in the, how does that work? Like who, yeah. who is the person that sets up her, her harness? And yeah, how, how does that work? Cause that's it. When you see a show, it just, it feels, So magic. And obviously I don't want to completely draw draw back the curtain on the on the mystery behind it, but just to have a bit of insight to to yeah how a show is set up and yeah like the day in the life of a of a guitar tech and yeah, all these things. I just think it's it's really interesting. Still so many people, yeah, don't don't know how how all of these things happen. And and it's yeah, it's really interesting, I think.
0: I did something recently, we were on tour and um I interviewed a a local stagehand, someone That's from the cool. venue that I met that morning and then I just decided I asked him I said, "Hey, would you mind talking to me for about 20 or 30 minutes?" And he said, "If you give me some guitar picks, I will." Amazing. <laughs> I, said, I just grabbed a handful and I said, "Here, take as many as you want." But I found that the reception of that episode was really cool because it was somebody that isn't it, it they are in the industry, but they're and it's a different world the they see artists come and go every day unlike you and i who we're with we have that routine every day you load in you set up you know when you have to walk to the stage you know which side you're walking on where you're going to stand in the open but theirs is different every day they deal with different crews different bands every day and 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 people really really reacted to it they you know
1: yeah i bet i I love that yeah that's such a great idea i think and that's it, actually interviewing somebody who if you're interested in being in this industry like being a local stagehand is a great way to get into it right so yeah. learning about how how somebody on that level gets in i i think i think it's yeah it's so interesting and and everybody's perspective is is different right that's it. your day as 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 a guitar tech versus the you know wardrobe person's day is is so different, so it's it's really cool to see how yeah. that comes
0: together versus the wires guy, right? Yeah. Like if my rig goes down, I think I can fix it before the song's over. If uh, something, but the wires guy, nothing better go wrong with the wires yeah. guy.
1: Yikes! Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it,
0: I didn't think about that till you said it, and I thought, well, you know, I've never thought of how it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Su- I'm. I'll have to find who who the wise guy was for Pink and and see,
0: yeah. <laughs> see chat with him. Cause, did you ever think at 12 years old when you picked up that bass that uh, no one else wanted to pick up in that barn? Did you think you'd be here right now?
1: I mean, it, obviously, it's it is mad, and I do think it is nice to look back and think of 12 year old me and and be proud of myself. Of course. Um,
0: are you proud of yourself?
1: You. Yeah, of course. Good. Good. I think, yeah, I, I I feel so lucky to do what I do every day. And yeah, it's mad. I think I always knew I probably wasn't going to do something super. I don't know. I, I didn't think I, you know, I, I didn't want to be a, a, doc, a doctor. Or I think I was always going to hope that I was doing something creative and silly. Uh, <laughs> but I'm really glad that I've been able to make it make it work and you know had the support of, of family and people around me to yeah make it happen that's great that's good to hear yeah how about you did you ever think you'd be uh you
0: know for I, you too? you know i didn't i at, at you know starting to play guitar when i was very young and you all want to be everyone wants to be on stage everyone wants you picture your, your posters on the wall. I want to be them and I want to be here. And, uh, no, I didn't think, and I started this very late. Like I had gone through the first part of my life before this happened, before I fell into this industry. But, uh, I just told someone this story, uh, a few weeks ago, I was at a, before there were festivals everywhere, you know, the Lollapalooza's and, you know, there's a festival every weekend um, in Texas, where I grew up, they'd have a festival called the Texas Jam, and in 1986, I went to see, and the headliner was Van Halen, and it wasn't Van, H- it was Van Hagar. Excuse me. <laughs> it was, it was, and they were playing, they were playing Dreams, and at the end, when Eddie goes into his last solo, the little hammer on solo he did, it clicked in my head that I just wanted to be up there. I just wanted to be. Do something I, I wanted to make it happen at the time I had no idea I was going to do this, and here I am. Mm-hmm. and so I look back sometimes and I think I think secretly I manifested everything I do, but at the same time I think it was all luck. yeah I, said, I think it was the universe just, kind of happens, just guiding me there, you know yeah but I love it. I don't take it for granted. Um, it takes a you know you're you're gone, you miss things, um, you miss people. We're very fortunate to do what we do. I think it's a privilege, you know. So I don't take it for granted. And I, I wake up and I, I, some people, I, I thank the universe that I'm here, you know, because cool. it could be a lot worse for me.
1: Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. um
0: sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get so deep.
1: Uh, no, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. I think, I think you do have to get deep and appreciate what, what you have going on. Um, yeah, not a lot of people get, get to do a job they love and, and that's fine. You know, work isn't everything in life, but it's wonderful if, if, yeah. yeah, get to earn money doing something that, that feels really great, you know?
0: Yeah. And like you said earlier, or early in my career it was about the money. I, that used to be the first thing I would ask, well, how much does it pay? You have certain things you need to take care of in your personal life. So money isn't very important. But now it's really about like, do I want to do this? Like, it's really about the hang. It's really yeah. about the people. It, when I came out here two weeks ago, almost three weeks ago, if I wouldn't have felt the vibe, I would have, I would have said that nah, this isn't for me, but I'm here because, you know, I've been made to feel very welcome. And I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's
0: I can't quit repeating that because it's. I think it's 100 percent true. And and I cross paths with guitar techs and lighting techs and audio techs who are very jaded. And that's why my one message to new new faces, because you've seen a lot of new techs, a lot of young techs since the pandemic. A lot of people didn't return to the industry. And I tell them constantly, like, don't get jaded because this, this is a privilege for us to do this every night
1: it's weird isn't it why do you think people get jaded
0: i don't know um i don't understand why it's just ingrained in people to complain yeah or as british person would say whinge
1: (laughs) british people are very good at complaining so you know i i I, i uh
0: i i really i don't mind a delayed flight i don't mind waiting till four to check into a hotel Uh, I don't mind any of that because I could be home making nothing for another two years. It's hard for us, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. Like you said, having that, having the touring industry taken away from us has obviously given us such a great appreciation, but I think it does, I think it is easy to, to complain, right? These, these things happen on tour that are inconveniences and obviously traveling is always like, not that fun but i also think it it becomes a bit of an echo chamber right if you're with a group of people that are complaining then you start to feel oh yeah this is a bad situation but if you have positive attitude about it that's it it's 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 like your attitude for life right how how do you look at something if yeah if something you get stuck stuck in traffic or whatever it is you just have to accept it and let it let it happen and i know it's easier said than done and obviously there's times that (laughs) do
0: annoy me yeah there are times Um, you know
1: but i think everyone's allowed a time yeah
0: to 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 complain
1: i think that's it it's very easy to get bogged down in the oh well there should have been towels in our dressing room and there should have been this that and the other and i guess sometimes it's like if you're working with people that keep not doing their jobs well, then obviously that's frustrating. But you know, it's like we're all human, and like how much of a big deal is yeah, not yeah, having yeah us or yeah a, a flight being delayed, yeah. like whatever. You know, go get a coffee and yeah, just wait. At the end era. of the
0: day, that two hours a night is going to make it all, you know, every, yeah. every delay, every whatever, is going to make it go away in my Absolutely. eyes
1: absolutely I mean that is the thing that somebody said to me once you know like obviously we love our jobs and you know you, d- you almost do them for free but it's it's actually not the gig that that you want to get paid for it's all the waiting around at the airport <laughs> <laughs> right all, all the bullshit in between but um but yeah I that's thought it. of it like that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but that that's it doing the gig makes those times worth it and yeah and if yeah, this is why the hang is so important. If you're with a good crew, a delay can turn into a you know nice airport party. party, right? Exactly. Yeah, if you're with good people, it's going to be you're going to have a good time. So,
0: well, where can people find you on social media?
1: They can find me on Instagram. She plays bass. On gosh, what other social medias do we have? TikTok. I think it's she plays bass again with underscores. Uh, my website is sheplaysbase Yeah, and the and the and the pod will be um at where are we is the website for that.
0: Okay, and will it be available on all the streaming platforms? Yeah,
1: I'll get it out to all the usual the usual places. And uh, right on.
0: Well, I look forward
1: to-, to checking that out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've I've been listening to lots of episodes and and yeah, I I love I love your pod. It's great. You know, I I didn't come across your your pod when i first wanted to do it you know i went out and saw what else was out there and who else was doing it and um yeah i think your interviews are really really great so thank you i'll keep listening to you for inspiration Cool.
0: i'm glad paris brought us together
1: yeah absolutely me too um
0: you know it's called is breakfast included and if we were having breakfast what would you have
1: i love breakfast it's like my favorite meal of the day so in an ideal world Probably were in England. And I don't know, Paris said in her interview that, that she doesn't like English bacon. I was, I was upset by that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people aren't in the fry up idea, but you know, a full English sausage, eggs, bacon, beans, hash browns, toast. Uh, I love crumpets. If people don't know what they are, they have, have you had a crumpet before? You
0: know what? In 21, when we came back, I I had my first crumpet ever. As much time as I've been spent in England since 2011, but I had my first crumpet ever. And I think I was eating six a day after.
1: That. That's so good. And the
0: ones here in the U.S. aren't the same.
1: No, Trader Joe's does some.
0: Yeah, Did Trader you... Joe's has a pretty good crumpet. Yeah. But not like Did the Walbertons
1: this is so good what do you have in your comfort
0: well I usually put butter and honey on it someone (laughs) introduced me to just uh butter well I used to just have butter now I put a little honey someone introduced me to peanut butter on it a touring me but it's mainly just butter and honey and I I put a lot so it'll just seep through and I can just
1: yeah sometimes it's dangerous actually because you put so much butter on and then like it goes like through the crumpet. And you're, yeah, you're just... and I was
0: like, why is it all over my shirt?
1: Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're really good. Do you like Marmite?
0: No, I don't like Marmite. Mm. I've tried it, but I'm not a fan. Is
1: it that what is... you have
0: on your crumpets?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I do borrow Marmite, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an acquired taste. It's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. The crumpets, yeah, number one. Yeah. Should be number one on
0: everyone's list. Now yeah. I'm going to go buy some today.
1: Yeah. 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 I've got some in the freezer, actually. I think I'm going <laughs> to have to do for some. Well, Vicky, thank you so much
0: for your time. It has been a real pleasure meeting you. And and, and I, I hope we talk again.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Bernie. Yeah. It's been great. I Yeah. I, I yeah, would love to cross paths with you sometime soon.
0: Yeah. It's good talking to you.
1: Yeah.
0: Right on. Vicky Warwick. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, she came off really cool. Uh, We were introduced through Paris Missoni, who was a guest on Is Breakfast Included? And I really thank her for that. You can find out more about Vicky on Instagram at ShePlaysBass, her website, ShePlaysBass.com. And I really look forward to her podcast, WhereAreWeAgain.com. Make sure you check it out and support. While you're online check out isbreakfast.bigcartel.com and check out our shirt selection. All right, guys, I am done. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week.